Good evening, good evening, good evening, and good welcome evening. to the Evening Rush. No, Woo! Podcast, hey, but you me today. Yeah, Dawn is out. <laughs> Dawn is taking a family day today. Yes, so you have me today, guys. You got two beautiful. Look, you got two beautiful women today. We ain't got to look at Dawn's big oh, forehead. Well, a dude. Oh, yeah, boom. Bye. Yeah, I don't, look, look. I'm boom, like boom, back. <laughs> yeah, yeah boom. Happy Wednesday, Rainbow. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. I'm not humping today. I'm. I'm oh, I might be. Ooh, I hope so. I Tomorrow hope is my birthday. Oh, you definitely need to. You're going to be, girl, hump enough for me, too. Please. Wait, yesterday was my anniversary. Tomorrow is my birthday. Oh, so you was humping. Oh, you was just humping, humping. Okay. <laughs> it's I hump week for me. You. <laughs> I feel you. I understand. I'm happy. <laughs> well, while you humping today, hump enough for me. Thank okay, you. girl. I'll get a hump. I'll get a pump or 55 in for you. Thank you. Hi, Envy. <laughs> Yes, honey. Yes, that's right. That's my other queen. <laughs> Envy, rainbow humping tonight. She better hump enough for us, right? Well, Bobby Brown said ain't nobody humping around, but I don't know. You humping around. Hump around. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. That's fine. So what's our show today? Today, um, we have, um, the topic is... Fear is a choice, and so is faith. Yes. Yes. We have a guest. Um, she is supposed to be coming on in a little while. Um, she has a book out. <laughs> no, Envy, Envy, stop hating. She said Envy, no humping. No hating, Envy. We need yeah. her and pump enough for all of us. You know what I'm saying? Today, she got to take one for the team. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. But yes, um, today we are having a guest. Uh, mm -hmm. Her name is Fatima C. Oliver. Um, she has a book out um, mm -hmm. called, what is it called? The Prescription is in the Dirt. Yes. Yes. Right. So we'll be talking about that. So we won't be talking about no more humping after that. All right. Um. So yes, yeah, she, she should be coming on shortly. But until until then, um, I'd like to thank our sponsors and shout them out. Okay. Um, let me see if I can remember them off the top of my head. We have TL Mac Fitness. Okay. <laughs> you out here? You out here working? That's what I'm talking about. We have the Gallery. Mm hmm They're on um Caribbean Power Jams every Tuesday from seven to nine. TL Mac Fitness with uh Mr. Uh, Mr. McLean and Roz every Thursday night um from eight to nine. Plush vodka. You want to get you some gluten-free vodka? They have original and plum. Sayings by Butter, who does all of the uh shirts and apparel for the, the network. Then we also have plush apparel LLC. If you are in High Point, North Carolina, come June, it's gonna be Greensboro. You got that's one of the best boutiques in North Carolina. You gonna get you some hot stuff. I was gonna curse, but I won't now. Hello. Um, we also have hot commodities. Uh, can you guys um, hear me? Yes, we, we can. can. Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, Fatima. How are you? 
I'm doing good. I'm kind of, um, I can't hear you guys. <laughs> we can hear you. Wow, you can't Perfectly hear us. Fine. You can't hear us. Maybe your um computer is low. Maybe you try turning your volume up because that's what happened to me. <laughs> uh, the mute button is good. No, no, no. I mean actual volume on your on your computer. Huh? You on you're on a what a Mac a. Uh... The thing is, like, I don't know what's going on. I, can't, I said I can't hear now, you. I, I know y'all can hear me. Y'all better not be talking about me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's okay. It happens. Oh, maybe try leaving and then coming back. Um. Yeah, I'm unable to hear you. Oh, she might have to leave out. No, maybe go back out? Yes. Yeah. Okay, she's going to go back out. She'll come back in. Okay. So right. back back to our sponsors. We need, hurry it up. Read it off. I forgot where I was. Oh, hot commodities. We were at hot commodities cosmetics. You need some waterproof mascara, uh, all of that. She got you. Then don't forget my girl CW with uh community service. We have a cause, a concern, a solution network inc. <laughs> and you already know. Yes, I, better have my, already I better have my cupcakes tomorrow, Envy. Oh, y'all already know it's Envy's creation. Envy's creation. <laughs> you want you want your stuff decorated. You want a bottle, a glass, a mug, or anything. She got you. That's right. If you want a good reading, and if anything, if her, if her reading, if her reading tells you anything, like her reading told me, to quit your job, you on the right track. <laughs> Martine Felton. When I tell you she be on it, she be on it. And don't forget to buy her book. Go, go, go support this young lady. And then we have Poddex. I don't even, I, this is a brand new sponsor. Brand new so, sponsor, yes. Brand new sponsor. So check them out as well. Hey, Maisha. Hey, Maisha. Hey, girl. Hey. How you hey, doing? Girl, hey. All right. Make so what do you think? For the show. What do you think about um, our topic today? Do you think that fear is an actual um, choice? Oh, you know what? I believe that fear is a real thing. So to say, oh, wait, hold on, y'all. Miss Fatima, Fatima, can you hear us? Hi. Hey, girl. Hi. Hey, girl. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Fatima, How are you? Real yes. quick fun fact. That is my middle name. Fatima is my middle name. So when she was, saying, I was I was like, huh? But then I remember <laughs> it. <laughs> Oh, so it's precious, Fatima. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. That's thank beautiful. you. Thank you so much. But how are you? I'm doing very good. It's hot. I'm hot right now. I ain't gonna lie. Where are you? Wait, you talking about your hot? Where you at? I'm in Ohio right now, but I'm hot oh. in my house. I guess yeah, no, else. I'm about to say it's it's warm here. It ain't hot. <laughs> where are you guys at? You're where are you New at? York. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm in Ohio and then okay. I'm born in Vegas. And so oh, I'm, mm. I know. Yeah, I know it's on it's on hell right now. Uh, yeah, I yeah, say, yeah. You should be used to the heat. <laughs> I should be, but it, it's been a while. It's been Vegas a while. is definitely on hell right now. So yeah, definitely. Definitely. We, we were kind of we were we got well we got we got up to eighty two today, and then people outside. I like, think so. Wow. Huh? Oh, people outside in shorts. They on tank tops. I see girls. Tell you something. Once they hit seventy in New York. 
everyone it's like people lose their minds drop tops come down people got on shorts yeah. hey mike yeah. people, I'm, I'm like i don't know what be going on in people's minds when it's here though because i got my um when i went out last week which i don't go out that much because you know this whole COVID thing be tripping mm -hmm. but I have my sunroof and I was trying to let that let that air in, you know, trying to yeah, fill a sunroof. No, 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 no. Drop tops. Oh, they, okay. Well, it I gets to about 60, it gets to like 65, and then they take down it, it's a convertible. They take the top down. I'm like, yeah. I don't know how it is still I don't know how glued this is. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, grab that wig if it's full and then it'll be like Hold on now. Stay here. Yeah. No, don't you go nowhere. Right. Absolutely. Thank you, lovelies, for having me. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for I'm blessing so us with blessings. Oh, that's so sweet. So thank tell you. us a little bit about yourself and your book. Yeesh. Okay, so I'm a talker, so I'm gonna bring it down. That's I'm, not um, born, born that's and so, raised. No, this is a talk show, so you're supposed to talk. I know, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes I don't know when to hush. So y'all gonna have to. Okay. Let me go and let you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I am um, Fatima. I'm an author, transformational speaker, and consultant. When I say transformational, I mean I give you steps to apply to your life because that's the only way things have changed, right? Mm -hmm. I'm born and raised in Las Vegas, like I mentioned. I grew up with all boys. So I am a little rough around the edges. Now, over time, I have learned how to gloss it and all of that. But um, downtime, I'm definitely a baseball cap um, type of chick that just, you know, hangs out with four boys. Four boys. I have four boys and I grew up with boys. So I don't even know what God was doing. Um, but, but yeah, my house is full of boys and my husband. And it is just very interesting. We are loud people. Um, I am unashamed. I am personally a child of God. He, I, I live and breathe Jesus. He is the head of me. And mm -hmm. I work diligently to, to allow him to be the head of my children and the head of my home. And my speech will betray me in this conversation because that's just who he is to me. And, um, and he has saw me through a lot of craziness, a lot of embarrassing moments, a lot of painful um, tremendously, I don't know how I got how I got over it moments, and um, but in that I found my purpose, and so now I have been able to write a book about my life. I'm not I'm not all famous where it's like you know a memoir, and they be like, "Ooh, let me get it." <laughs> okay, no, but that is okay. God still gave me the uh, the assignment, and I definitely had a lot to share and. I'm um, kind of like, yeah, I said rough around the edges. So I kept it raw and real based on my life. That's the only way that I could have gotten my healing. And so I shared a lot of me and the triumphs that I've gone through in my life in the book relationally wise. So when we're talking about as a sibling, um, as a child, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, I shared um, just different dramas and craziness that have happened in my life in those different facets and just how I didn't know what to do and how sometimes I made the wrong decision and how, um, as I leaned into God, how he helped to see me through. And the book is called The Prescription is in the Dirt. And um, the dirt is all those taboo things that uh, ladies, we don't necessarily like to talk about and we can hang out with women for years and never discuss this type of stuff. But those are the things that I talk about in the book and I consider it dirt 
and how that dirt, if we don't talk about it, the molestation, the sexual abuse, the, the physical abuse, the death of a loved one that just ripped us apart, but yet we figured out a way to move on. If we don't discuss those things or look at them for ourselves and just assess them, um, try to take the pain away from the events so that we can live an honest and authentic life. If we don't do that and make efforts to do that, then dirt, just like at a grave site, it can cover us and we'll be walking around like zombies, um, mm -hmm. living our lives and trying to be functioning, but also um, dead on the inside and connected from people, wondering why don't nobody like us, but we got a chip on our shoulder. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, if we allow that dirt to, for to me, for God to be able to put his hands in that dirt and turn it like soil, then it, that he can bring something so beautiful out of it. Um, like the book that I was able to write. And at the time when I was going through my own, I consider it a soul healing journey. At the time that I was going through my personal soul healing journey, I did not see a book on the radar. I saw God help me to not run my car through an intersection full speed. Just help me mm. to get through. I never saw that on the other side of all of that pain and sorrow that I will be talking to you ladies today. So I'm excited. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yes, I, you got a fan. I'm standing you right now, girl. I right, I'm like, look, what said, what, I'm like, woo. This is, <laughs> this is, this is traumatic. Right, yeah. but I love all that stuff. You know, we, we do all. You, yeah, absolutely right. Some people's stuff is worse than others, yeah. and then you know how you see people and you don't know what they're going through, and then when you finally realize, when you once you finally hear or get like a whiff of what they're going through, you'd be like, you are strong. Yeah. You are stronger than you know. Yeah, absolutely. But isn't that how we are raised? I mean, keeping it real. I mean, in my community where I grew up at, I mean, in the hood, yes. Uh, Rainbow Vegas does have a hood. Yeah, no, I, I go to Vegas often. I know Vegas got a hood. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> so, so that's where I grew up at. And we were raised, I was raised a single mom with we're boys, three boys mm. and a girl. I just had to fall in line and she didn't have time for no crying. We was taught to survive. We was taught to make it, get through it, grind, do what you got to do to get on the other side. But we wasn't taught to, to process those emotions. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us, we absolutely are strong. You know, we carried all of it on our back, on our shoulders, everything. The problem is we didn't deal with the emotion. And so even though we are so strong and courageous and we know we are, we know what we've been through, but it comes off as salty and bitter. And again, it's because mm. stop and say, did I just go through that? Oh right. my God, you know, and, and really allowing ourselves the opportunity to feel those emotions and not feel like we weak for feeling mm. those emotions, but and to right. ourselves to feel it, you know? And unfortunately I wasn't raised in that way to, be allowed to um, cry or allowed to say I'm disappointed or I'm feeling insecure or I'm feeling vulnerable. I, you know, those words was like, what's that? <laughs> you, know? you better not say that. Yeah, you're right. you better not say that. And it was, I never was told I'm weak. Well, okay, I was told that, but that wasn't until I was in my 40s and I was able to say something back. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but uh, as growing up, I was never nobody ever said, Fatima, you are weak for feeling that way. But they did say 
you're too sensitive. You wear your feelings on your sleeve. So then I thought, well, if I share how I really feel, then I'm too sensitive and I wear my feelings on my sleeves and I need to toughen up. I will tell everybody in a heartbeat, I am sensitive and fragile <laughs> and I don't care and I cry every day and I don't care. Yeah, but you shouldn't have to give that disclaimer. <laughs> I'm like, you, do you know me? I cry every day and I'm right. sensitive and you say something I don't like. I may, I'm a Taurus. I'm a lash back at you. And I care. <laughs> but you should, like, you should be able to be, just be. You should just be able to be, to feel a certain way. And it's mm -hmm. okay that if you're, you know, it's okay. Like, we all got our stuff. We all got our feelings. We all know things that set us off. But to be in a space where you have gone through some traumatic or childhood experiences or not even that, it could be that your boyfriend that you was with for eight, 10 years decided that he didn't want to be with you anymore. And, and you were just hoping and praying for a ring. Now, why you stay there long? That's a whole nother conversation. But you <laughs> could you could be in that place. It doesn't have to be something that happened ages ago. It could be mm -hmm. traumatic. And, and we don't allow ourselves the opportunity to grieve those situations. And because we don't allow ourselves to grieve those situations, we wound up like I was, sometimes like I was, either um, s s just spiraling out of control with anxiety and depression. And that has really been what has been a part of my life since I can't remember. I didn't even know what it was, but I knew that's what it felt like. Or just angry and enraged. I know you know people that you can't say too many words to them before they just ready to pop off. Like they always are on simmer. Um, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't just get born and just become that way. Things make you that way. And a Absolutely. lot of times it's lack of processing, you know, the emotional stuff. You are absolutely that's right. Funny. That's, that's, well, that's funny, but it's, it's great that you brought up the traumatic part because I was just telling that to a friend of mine that, Something happened to me in 2015 and it was traumatic and I did not allow myself to experience or not to experience, but to feel the pain. Mm -hmm. So it started coming back and crashing, especially after I started seeing a therapist, but it started crashing in on me in, in 2019, 2019, 2020, even now, like some days I'll be like, what in the hell? Like, how could you, like, you know, you just never know the just to not be able to experience that pain you it comes crashing it <laughs> does mm -hmm. it was crashing it, it was like the world crashed down on me one day and all of the emotions i was supposed yeah. to feel then because yeah. i didn't allow myself to experience that that was the worst pain it was worse than the hurt that was caused in 2015 because i bottled it up for right so long and so and then i remember you know like just people just being like, well, why the hell are you mad about this now? And I'm just like, because I feel it now. Like I feel it. My feelings are hurt. My feelings yeah. are hurt. I am very disappointed that you thought to play with me like that too. You know, it was just, it was a lot that came with that. And I remember my therapist saying, you have to allow yourself to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to understand that you are and somebody hurt you. So you should say that. You shouldn't just be like, I'm tough or whatever. And that's right. my motto. I, yeah. Like, I'm not raised by no weak women. So right. I wasn't, <clears throat> it's not something I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm disappointed or, or you know, you're making me feel some kind of way. I was just like, excuse me? Like, what the hell? And who you think you're playing with? Blah, blah, blah. But in all actuality, yeah. my feelings were hurt. Of course they were. 
I was very disappointed. Right. So it was very disappointed. Yes. That's always how we are. We're always very disappointed and we don't we don't really let the disappointment set in. Like they they feel it for a little while, but for not as long as they should feel it. Yeah, and when you talk about like a man to woman like cheating or anything like that, yes, absolutely. It is it's something that you should allow yourself to feel. And I always thought that you sh- you by you showing, you know, the emotion, it would be like you're weak or whatever. And I didn't want nobody to ever think that I was nothing. I wrote I wrote my man a whole like four page letter when what happened happened, a four page letter and put it in his mailbox. You gonna know how I feel. Yeah. I see, I and when I see. you know how I feel, then you know you ne- you're never gonna do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the plan. That's yeah. the plan. You pray. <laughs> you pray. Yeah, well, that's the um. That's great because that's what you you need to do. Like you have to get it out in some way, in some healthy way. And and so I'm definitely a proponent of not just feeling it again and um experiencing it again, but but doing something with it. Like what I'm gonna do with this, right? What I'm gonna do with this pain? Mm-hmm. What I'm gonna do with it? And so whenever it's an opportunity, now I get the feeling, Rainbow, that you didn't care. You didn't care if it was a, a opportune time or not. You just did it, okay? So, <laughs> and we go there too sometimes. Okay? But I do, <laughs> I, I do feel you. But generally, what we want to do is handle it before it escalates to that place, right? Because nine times out of ten, we get. We, we were young. We were in. We were in our early twenties. So I can. I kind of understand it, but right. my feelings didn't understand it at that at that point. <laughs> it happened now. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, trust me. I get it. I've had my moments. I, yeah. I. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll have to talk offline. But anyway. But no. But you know, I think it's critical that once you have experienced the pain. So this is basically what I, I encourage the people that I work with to do. Um, when you're feeling like something ain't right or I'm feeling some kind of way, you know, however mm-hmm. we want to say it, or, you know, I, I know they triggered me. They said something to me and, ooh, if y'all wasn't sitting here next to me, I would have jumped jumped and just jumped on them, right? <laughs> like, that made you that mad? And for you, it's like, yeah, it's valid. It made me that mad. Something, whatever the it is, it could be that somebody called you a lie. For me personally, I don't like nobody to call me a liar. I'm very much about my name mm-hmm. and my reputation. And it is something about somebody calling me a liar that will make me just, whoo, I mean, I have to catch myself. So an incident like that. Now, clearly, what is that about, right? What is it about somebody calling me a liar? They, they probably don't even mean anything to me. They co- could be a coworker. They don't mean nothing to me. They don't pay my, my bills. Who, who are they? So if I'm really, really getting so angry to where I want to just catch them outside or slash three tires just to piss them off and not do the fourth one. You know, if I'm getting that angry over an, uh, something that happened at, at the job with somebody that really don't mean anything to me, I really need to turn that finger and assess what's that about. And right. so the process of looking to see what's that about is the same process that you would take if you're dealing with a, a genuine hurt. Somebody has wronged you. Somebody has done something to you. When when I decided to confront the people or the or at least one of the people in regards to the sexual abuse that happened to me, I followed these steps. And that step was number one, who was the blame? Mm-hmm. Or no, sorry, who was who played in the who played in the situation? So who was the specific people? I wrote those people down. What happened? What did these specific people do? Wrote the incident down. How did it make me feel? 
And then that's the opportunity to say, I'm not weak for feeling this. Mm -hmm. I need to display and write down what exactly it made me feel. Not just angry, because angry is usually masked hurt. What was it really that they made me feel? Did I feel inferior? Did I feel intimidated? Did I feel humiliated? What did I feel? Mm -hmm. And then once I decide on what those words, what those true feelings were, then I say, well, how did it damage me? Do now when I see somebody and I feel like they even insinuated that I lied, am I ready to get the knife in my drawer and go outside and slash tires? Or I mean, do I always go in this way, right? Or do I just flip out? Like, what do I do? How did this one incident damage me? And then from there, one of the key things that I love is that now you say, who is the blame? Let's mm -hmm. assess it. Who's the blame? Mm -hmm. What was the incident and who's the blame? Now, were they at all, were they completely at fault? And somehow I bought into the idea that I'm a liar and I have, I've been trying to tell myself all these years, fighting against myself, thinking, because in one ear, I hear that person telling me that I lie, but in the other side, I'm saying, but I don't, I don't, I don't, and I'm fighting against myself. Mm -hmm. or, or is it that something happened and they caught me in a lie? Who at fault? <laughs> okay, right? And then once we delegate for this ex explanation, this example, we'll say it was all their fault because of course it couldn't be us, right? <laughs> it was all them. It was all Always. them, right? Always. So now I say, well, it was them. And so then the next question is, well, what would I have done differently? What would I have done differently? Would I ever even invited them over? Would mm. I ever even got, you know, got into dealings with them because I knew they were shady because somebody told me they were shady, but they was nice to me. And I decided to let them be my friend anyway. Mm. What would I have done differently? You know, if, if I could have in, at all, what would I have done differently? Working through that process allowed me to, to put the blame where the blame should have been and then accept my mess if I had mess in it, own it and give the other person they mess if they have some stuff. But then beyond that, I had to make a decision what I'm going to do with it now. I went through this whole thing. Now, what I'm going to do with this stuff? Mm. And I definitely believe in reaching out. Now, it depends on the level. That's a whole nother conversation. But reaching out to some an individual, if I want to continue keeping them in my life, if they are, if they were somebody that was in my circle, they have my back. But this situation just had us at odds and now we ain't talk. But really, I know that they've been there for me through most of the things in my life. And it was just this incident that we can't seem to get past. Then right. I would make efforts to try to have a, a, a conversation. I could write it like you did, Rainbow. Or I could call them and say, can we meet for lunch? I would like to um, you know, talk to you about something. And I'd, you know, I'd, I'd really just like to just have a chat with you. Or call them on the phone. I personally prefer to do face-to-face because -face there's mm -hmm. nothing like a face-to-face, -face, especially when you're dealing, somebody, dealing with somebody that you care about. But the point is that going through all those situations, going through that whole exercise with anything that when you think about it today, rouse you up, either it makes you sad or it pisses you off, whatever it is, you can do that same exercise so that you can basically dissect what the heck is going on in your mind and in your heart. Right. Because we just never know what it is that's going. Sometimes we don't know what's going on in our minds and in our hearts. They they're yeah. telling two different. They're on two different uh, tracks. Yeah. They're not on the same page at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you need that analysis. Think about how you would you would do it. You would do it if you was at work. You would dissect it if it was a spreadsheet, 
right? Mm -hmm. So why doesn't, why don't your heart, why don't your spirit, your soul, the, the things that keep you driving going forward every day, why don't that get that much attention? It mm -hmm. deserves that much attention, right? It's worth going through those steps to try to um, basically remove all those things that are causing you to make horrible decisions based on triggers that should not even be there. And that's how triggers are. Triggers are emotions that turn into actions. That's mm -hmm. when it turns into certain type of behavior. You know, if there's somebody in the fast food restaurant tripping out about to snatch the girl over the counter for their fries, they got a trigger and they need to address it. <laughs> okay, I'm just saying. They need to, they need to address that quickly. <laughs> and they just some good fries. <laughs> right. She said something about my mama. I don't know. I don't know what they be fighting about. No, they you you ain't never seen them um go in on the fast food workers for like French fries or ice yeah. cream, and they just you be like, wait a minute, something else is happening here because you're mad over something. Clearly, else. clearly like, something else was happening, but who knows what was going on in that person's mind? Yeah. They might have heard something totally different. Like you know how you mind your business, you back here, you doing your job, and you say something, but it ain't got nothing to do with the customer. But the customer always thinks everything is about them. Mm -hmm. You could be back here talking to your other coworker and y'all joking around and whatever, and they done took it and made you think it, it was about them. Now they, it was a trigger, and now they even pulled you over the counter. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, right? And that's their mess. So it's important, especially if you're working through uh, your own personal baggage, your own junk, your own mess. I call it a soul healing journey. If you're working through that, it really does help you to be able to see other people's stuff. Now, you ain't really got to go through all that to see other people's stuff. It's usually easier to see their stuff over our own. But it helps you to be able to look a little deeper to say, oh, they got some sadness in them. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, somebody must have really broke their heart. Like, it helps you to be able to go deeper. Why? Because you felt it. Because you've walked through your own steps and now you're able to see that your anger wasn't anger. Your anger was somebody broke your heart. And so now when you look at somebody else, you can say, yeah, they tripping. But mm -hmm. but now I kind of have an idea of what is really going on. It still don't mean they right. They still probably need, uh, I don't know, something, a Zantac, what the, what they take, something. Yeah, I can't say punching the forehead, but that's what I'd probably be thinking. But yes, you know, for sure, they need something. But at least now you're able to say, you know, I think the wonderful thing about being able to walk through a space where you healed from a lot of brokenness is that you can help others and you can see other broken people. And, and then you have an opportunity to give compassion. You have an opportunity to be able to say, well, you know, okay. You know, when, when you would normally want to punch him in the forehead. All right, Fatima, we're going to go to commercial. But when we come back, I want to talk to you more about your book. Yes. Okay. All right. Looking to podcast shows and do not know where to start? The Evening Rush Network can help you with that. Call us at 929-441-2417 or email us at theeveningrushnetwork at gmail.com for dates and prices. We got you for all your podcast needs. The Evening Rush Network. Tune in, subscribe, and share. All right. We are back. Listen, I want any 
that would like to speak to Fatima to call in, the phone number is 646-309-0421. Please call in. This woman's got, she's got some stuff. I'm out here like this. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah. Good, good. But yes, so the book is called The Prescription is in the Dirt. Yes, the prescription is in the dirt. So I know What's you said the dirt is like soil and you're gonna grow from that. That's right. Yeah. It depends on how you build it though, but um you know, you get out of it what you put into it, and so it. Yeah, I had I hit my head a lot trying to figure that one out, but um, but yeah, the prescription is in the dirt. It definitely dives heavily into my life. Um, I I talk a lot about just the different pains. At two years old, I went through. I had an accident, and I was um, uh, deformed or became a burn victim on twenty five percent of my body, primarily on my feet and and my legs. And so I've lived with that for my entire life and just having to figure out a way to deal with people who don't look at me in my face, but they look at my feet or they stare at my feet. Or how do I go and get pedicures and do all the stuff that girls like to do and wear the shorts and the nice shoes um, when when some shoes I can't wear. Or I know that as soon as summer comes, my feet are going to be exposed and people who don't know are going to now see my burns. And so just having to figure out ways to mentally and emotionally handle mm -hmm. that just at, you know, as I've, as I've grown up, adults have been horrible as a child saying the most cruel things. And then some people saying things innocently, but still it's hitting me in that place. Um, and so, you know, my book talks about that and just, and how, um, how I found peace, you know, with that, with that part of me and just, um, a lot of deep rooted things that I have went through, like I stated, I was um, um, sexually um, uh, abused <clears throat> by my stepfather and, and speaking up at 11 years old was terrifying enough. And then um, the decisions that were made afterwards were not to benefit me. Right. As an 11 year old child, I had no clue um, what really should have happened, but I know what I, I wish would have happened, but I didn't have the heart or the guts to even speak on it. And I never spoke about it again um, until I was 34 years old. And so I take the, the readers through that whole dynamic of how at 34, I, I, no, that is not true. Um, I didn't talk about it until I was 44 years old. So if there were 34 oh, years, yeah, how old yeah. hey, how about how old right? 46. <laughs> You look I'm good. Like, girl, you look good. Wait a minute. Hold on. Thank you. <laughs> Earlier, I mean, when I'm she sorry. said in my forties, I'm looking at her like, so she probably like 41, 42. No, I, am a very, no, I am a very mature 46. My kid tells me tells me I'm almost 50. I don't know why he thought that was a good thing to tell me, but he did. Um he said, Oh, you so you say that all the time. I don't know. No. Yeah. And they be like, you close to the don't, I don't need you to round up for me. Thank you. Right? He said, you're almost 100. I'm like, no. 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 <laughs> He's disrespectful. That's what he is. You know, th that is just, that's that was, those are the kids I live with. But but yeah, uh, my book just travels through all those type of painful situations, but also some embarrassing 
things. I just said I had to keep it all the way real. Some things that I've done that it was like, I can't believe I did that or tried to do that. Um, some embarrassing moments, some funny moments, some serious moments. But the point is to be able to help people to understand that if I can share all of that, then they can share theirs too, you know, mm -hmm. and be able to find um, a voice for their pain. That really is the the criticality in all of it is being able to find a voice for their pain and being able to speak up no matter what age range you are in to say, I matter. I mattered then when nobody thought I mattered. I still mattered and I matter now and I'll matter in the future and I'm paving the way for my children. So our legacy will be that they matter and that they can speak up when in my situation back then, I didn't feel that I could really you know, be heard. And, and so I'm very grateful for God putting it on my heart to write it. It was definitely, um, I say by accident, I didn't know I was going to write it, <laughs> but I did. And um, But God is funny that way. So I, I wrote the book and it's been out since November of last year. It has a 4.9 out of 5 rating. They need to just round that up. Now, this is when they can right, that, That's where they need to round things up at. <laughs> yeah, so 4.9 out of 5 rating. Um, I have some awesome reviews. And I'm just very grateful to, to what's happening with it and, and the people that it's impacting. Okay. This look, this sounds like a real good read. I'm gonna really have I'm gonna really have I'm gonna get this book. Yeah, where 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 can we find this book? Well, you can get it on Amazon because everything is there. So I was you about to say, right? Yeah, on Amazon in Kindle format. Okay. Or for those people who like digital, um, but you can also get it just a nice book in your hand. Paperback is also there, but you can also go to my website and that is FatimaC.com. And of course, you have the opportunity to buy it. Um, but I also like that I'm going to be I've, I've done it before, but I'm doing a virtual event called Crushing the Elephants. And that is actually happening May 15th. Um, okay o'clock eastern time same time zone and um we will basically be talking about how to crush those elephants you know they say Wait, is that a.m or p.m a.m girl i don't even know if i'll be up at p.m i'm too old I'm about to say wait a minute miss nine o'clock i'm like it's done i'm about to say that's past my bedtime but i'll stay up for you girl no i that's a saturday that's a saturday May 15th. And um, and so, yeah, we'll be definitely talking about basically how to deal with those things that are in our life that we tiptoe around, whether it's an event that happened in the past, a situation or a person. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it can be ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. and so we'll be talking about a healthy way um, to to um, give your pain a voice. I say it that way because a lot of people say it's the fear of confrontation. It's really not. It's the fear of, of speaking your viewpoint and being heard. And so giving the tools that you really can use as soon as you leave yep. and, and put in the work to use these tools to have a conversation about something that has been egging you for the longest um, and, and being able to, you know, give your voice the pain with the hopes that things can be resolved in the way that you would desire. But really, it's not about that. It's not about the exterior of the other person. It truly is about putting a voice to that thing that is that is driving you crazy. That's absolutely right. So as our topic today is, is fair choice and is and so is faith. 
Fear is a choice and so is faith. Do you believe that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I don't know. It all depends on what you're fearing in my heart, in my head. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, either way, you have a choice. Um, I mean, we all fear something. I guess when we say fear is a choice, faith is a choice in regards to our action that we put behind it once we acknowledge that that's what we're feeling. Right. right? So if I feel fear, which I definitely have, now what? So you have a choice. You can sit in that fear and allow it to stifle you mm -hmm. and stop you from doing all the things that you may be able to do. You don't even know if you can do them because you stuck. Or you can choose to take one baby step at a time, even if it's just a tiny step, take the step forward and then take the next step forward and find yourself in greatness. You don't know, but that in itself is faith. Either way, it's a choice. You're either making a choice to stay stuck or you're making a choice to move forward. You are absolutely right. <laughs> Look, this, I can't even argue that point. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. Faith, faith yeah. is an actual choice. Fear, yeah. whatever you do after you find, once yeah. you know that you're fearful, is yeah. That's your choice. Yeah. And they say yeah. there's a thing. It's a thing called fight or flight, right? Yeah. Now, growing up in the neighborhood, you learned. You was made to learn to fight, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. You go run in the house. You go run in the house. Oh, Lord. I feel bad. That's for just you. today. What happens tomorrow when you come Thank back you outside? Know. They're going to get you there. You might as well just fight. So you might as well just fight and get it over. You're going to get beat up in the house. They going to get beat up. You're going to knock at your door. She lived she live with four, you said four brothers? Yes. Yeah, they was going to beat you. They saw you ran in the house. You didn't fight. Yeah, you was getting beat up in the house anyway. I was getting beat up in the house anyway. <laughs> Before I ever went outside. So you. <laughs> but yeah, it's fight or flight. And some people flee. Some people go inward. Right. Some people um, just totally tune out and shrink up into a ball and they are standing right before you. And you're like, where you at? Are you there? And they mm -hmm. have phone they go quiet. And you like, but you was talking all that mess about an hour ago. And now you ain't even saying nothing. They go so nothing. quiet. They go. Quiet. And then there's those other people. They'd be like, say something. Say something. <laughs> right? I, I, dare you. I dare you. <laughs> they don't care. Right. You know, but I think in the middle, there is a balance in the middle. You got to stand up for yourself. You have to protect yourself. There are actually chemicals in our body that that pulls to us to act. It's just we want to make sure that when we're acting, we're acting in a in a, a safe way, in a, yep. in a healthy way, you know, um, in a clear minded way and not just throwing everything. And then later on, we got to go apologize. And I got to be honest, I hate apologizing. I do not <laughs> Me too. I hate apologizing. I, hate I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's a woman thing, but women, we do don't. We really don't like to apologize. I mean, I don't. So I don't like to put myself in a position to have to apologize. To apologize. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that is the worst. I am not. I do not. Because you know what? I approach things with a pure heart. So when I'm when something is happening, and I honestly believe that what I'm saying or whatever my actions were, were correct. I, I'm never going into that with intent that maybe I'll be sorry behind this when I come. So I never want to apologize to nobody because it's not happening, Captain. Because I, like, it's like, why would you put yourself in a situation to do that? You know what I'm saying? So mm -mm. To have to say sorry. Why, yeah. why would you do something and know that you're going to have to say sorry about it? Yeah. Don't do it then. In the same sense, in regards to healing, Right. In regards to healing, there are often times where, well, 
in fairness, there is you can't be like all these things happened to me, but I didn't do nothing. Yeah, you right. can't you, you can't just be the victim. In no, that no, right. You right. If, if the common denominator is you, you played some part in it. You played some part. So I think there are definitely moments in your life or going through a your soul healing journey where yes, people did some things to you. It really did happen. They own it. But then there are other moments where it could have been just a misunderstanding and you jumped when you shouldn't have, when you should have held back. There needs to be ownership in that. You have to take ownership in that. If for nothing more because of paying it for, because of people who took the ownership when you came to them. But either way, in order to be able to truly be clean in, in your spirit, in your heart, in that tank, you gotta, you gotta confess your mess. So the same way that you would reach out to somebody and say, let's have this conversation. And you've, you've taken some key things that really, really hurt you and destroyed that relationship, but you're trying those key things that same way you say, I want to talk with you. Let's have lunch. Let's talk on the phone. I'm going to write a letter. We'll talk, you know, however you need to do it. Um, that's the same effort that you need to put in when it's your turn to make an amend. You need to reach out to them and say, let's have a conversation. I need to, I feel like there are some things that I may have done in the past towards you that, that honestly, if it, if it would have happened to me, would have hurt me. I'm not trying to assume that's how you felt, but I could imagine that that, that could be how you felt. And I just want to take ownership for those things. Can we have a conversation? Yeah, that's me. I'm very, I'm, I'm a person I like conversation, but I have always been like that since young. And then especially when things are, like misconstrued through any uh, like text messaging or whatever. Like I, you, I like to have personal conversations. I'm very personable. Like I like to be able to have personal conversations. And if uh -huh. I did something to you and you know, I know it, or like, you know, even if I don't know what I did to you, I will, I will reach out and be like, Hey, it seemed like, you know, me and you might have a little problem and I don't know what it is. So like let's talk about it or whatever. Like I am that person. I don't like to talk. If you I, mean, I don't like to talk because I'm always I've, I'm always known to cry. No, <laughs> well, you just gotta cry. <laughs> out, so well, sometimes I just be, you know even if you get too heated and stuff like that, like I I cry or yeah. I'm very I'm very emotional. Like the littlest things make me cry. That's I don't know why. Yeah. And I, I'm okay with that in myself, but I don't like to be talking to someone and it happens because they either think, um, I, wanna, I don't even want to say weak, but sometimes it, it isn't even have anything to do with them. So I, in, in order, I'll, I'll so write it down. Okay, so you're writing ones for you, but for I'll me, I'll write it down. I'll I'm write crying, all of my, all my feelings down. <laughs> I I'm know crying, I'm going to start crying. crying. If I'm gonna cry, I'm gonna be like, listen, I ain't crying because you know I'm crying because I'm mad as hell. So right. this, is, this is what this is. But you know, I I don't necessarily cry um behind things. It, you have to be somebody very, very close to me for me to feel that much of the emotion. That's the one thing I can separate myself from, which might not be too much of a good thing sometimes when you think about it, but you have to be really close to me in order for me to give you that much. But I do give everybody the respect that's in my life to yeah. If something happened, let us talk it out first. I'm a communicator. Like, tell me yeah. what it is, or let me tell you what it is, and then let us get past this. But there are some people who do like to write because Rainbow likes to write, and my my man he likes to write though too. Like, if some he he is keen on communicate. He's big on communication, but he has different forms of communication. And I like if he can, he will definitely write me something. Like, you know, like. 
babe. I'm sorry. Some, you, know. you know what? Some, sometimes it's easier because you don't have to hear the other person's opinion. Like you don't have to hear them say anything to you. You can yeah. get out what you want to say, how you want to say it, and you don't have to hear how they feel about it at that present moment. You yeah. can just write how you how you're feeling at that moment, and you don't have to be like, well, I don't. I can't say that this is how you feel. You know, it's this is all about me. It has nothing to do with you at this at this moment. It has everything to do with me. Well, I can say so I can get everything out on my end, and then you interpret it however you interpret it, and then you get back to me. <laughs> I can say number one, I would say we wouldn't expect anything different from you, precious. Your name is precious. <laughs> so, are we okay? Because I just want to make sure we okay. No, I don't, go, I don't say it like I don't say it that nice though, but I do. I do say it. I don't say it that nice. No, 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 she doesn't. No, 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 she doesn't. She doesn't, she doesn't. I will say that nice, but I will ask. Okay, but I would challenge, I would challenge you. Uh Number one, journaling is wonderful. Number one, journaling journaling has helped me in so many ways to get out what I didn't know was in me. And a lot of times the wonderful thing about writing down is that you can have your own epiphany while you're writing it down. You're like, whoa, I didn't even know. Wow. I, you know, and it's like, whoa, maybe I, I need to give chill the person, you know, it definitely is a thing that should be. I don't know. I just I'm just I've become such a proponent about journaling. I, I have um, the people that I work with um, journal. We write a lot um, when I'm working with them because I just think it's critical to be able to look at what you feel <laughs> like. See mm-hmm. that. And then you can say, do that make sense? <laughs> like, see that. But. I would also challenge you that if in the way that I approach any type of I've learned, okay, because I was not this way all the time. Ask my husband, (laughs) you know, and it's my second time around. So the first one. (laughs) So I was not this way all the time. This is not just for Tima's holier than thou type of situation. I (laughs) I learned these tools, you know, I have to learn it. And so one of the great things that I've been able to learn and I really try to stay true to it is, um, again, going back to having that conversation. It don't matter if I if if I'm having it over the phone or if I'm having it in person, personal, like I said, I prefer in person just because the person can see um, Mm -hmm. your facial expressions. They can see your your disposition, your body language, and they can read if you really mean what you say, you know, right. Break these unspoken barriers, you know, the tension, it can just break it, um, especially if the person you care about so much and you reach out to hold their hand while you're having the conversation. I mean, who gonna be, how can you stay mad? Right. <laughs> so there are things that you can do when you're in somebody's face that you not you don't really have an opportunity if you're on the phone or if you're writing and then saying you just read it. But in saying that, when you do write and say read it, it gives like you were saying um, rainbow processing time. You're, they were able to process to write it down, and now you can process how you feel about it, and then you guys can set up some time to come together. No, mm-hmm. I think that was you, Precious, that said that. No, um, Rainbow likes to write. I'm a writer. But you said your spouse likes to to write oh, too, right? Yeah, yeah, he will write. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is that if it's in the if you're doing like what you like to do, um, Precious, where meeting up with the person, speaking face to face, or you know, on the phone, if so. One of the first things I do when I'm approaching a situation where it's a tough conversation, I say it's a tough conversation. Mm-hmm. I set the precedence and just say, I, you know, I would like for you to allow me to get these key things. I'm not going to come with no big old laundry list because then it becomes an attack. 
Right. I look at the major things, like three to five major things. Really, I try to take it to three major things that really, really, really just it's breaking us. It's breaking our relationship. Let's focus on those major three. And then I write what it is. I go through the similar scenario. What happened? This was how baby feel. This was how it damaged me. I feel this is what I would like to see different going forward. This is how I would like for us to operate going forward. That's number one, number two, number three. But before I ever go there, I say, just give me the opportunity. What I would like is um, for you to give me the opportunity to share everything that's on my heart. And then mm. once I share all these three things, I just have three things I want to share with you. Once I share these three things, I will absolutely give you the floor. You can say whatever you want to say in relation to those. And I just will listen. Now, the key, whether it is in a on paper, whether it is on the phone, it don't matter. The key is not manipulating the response. Right. And a lot of us like to manipulate the response. We already know in our head what we want them to say. Mm -hmm. So if they don't say what we want them to say, we want to pull back from the table and now we can't resolve anything. When you go to the table, no matter if it's on paper or in person, you have to go with the understanding that this is truly just about you expressing how you feel. It is not about really them. Mm -hmm. It's about you expressing how you feel, getting it off your chest so that you can clean that air out. And then whatever happens after that, you have no control and don't try to control it. There are times when I have to sit on my hands. I have to sit on my hands because it's helping me to not talk. And and I have to keep telling myself in my head sometimes, especially if I don't account, recount it like they recount it. And mm -hmm. I that part of me want to say, uh-uh. But I that's not what happened. I can't say but what happened. But what right. happens when you are explaining your points and then they try to interject and interrupt you? I said, give me some time. I said, give me my minutes. So right, I, I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. Yeah, I'm reclaiming my time. Right. Jesus, I so, said, give right. me my time. What I would say is I go back to go straight customer service, but the nice customer service, the customer service girl who don't realize how horrible her job is yet. That customer service. Okay. So yeah. not, I, I remember not, her. Okay. That used to not, be me. Right. Not the customer service girl that be like, like I said, uh, like yeah. I said. No, not her. Okay. We don't want her. We want. Okay. I, I remember. Remember, we said that I was going to be able to get through these three things. And then you was going to have the floor. Okay. Now, you said you committed to that at the top of this call. I mean, top of this conversation, you committed to that. Can we start over? And then I would not go back to one unless yeah. I didn't you know, I wouldn't say now that you stopped me at two, I gotta go back. No, you stopped one. You gonna hear it. Are you gonna rehear it? Start where you finished, you know, start where you know, yeah, stop, start where you finished it. You know what I mean? <laughs> start where you stopped it. And yeah. um, you know, and then work your way through. Mm -hmm. Um, but if they continue like on the phone where they're like interrupting. You have to know where your point is before you enter that call. Yep. You have to know where you're going to stop it if this happens so that you can end peacefully. You're not trying to jump on the table, right? right. So you need to know where your breaking point is way before you get to that call. And so when you get to that breaking point, you're able to say, you know what? I thought we was ready to have this conversation. Oh, I see you're not ready. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a pen in this. I'm going to stop. And you just tell me when you're ready. All right. And if they keep going on and on, okay, I'm gonna have to get off the phone. You cussing them and all of that. I gotta get off. I gotta go. 
because you didn't come for that. What was the point? When you came, you came to give your pain a voice. You came to express what was on your heart. You didn't come for all that other stuff. So you mm-hmm. got to know when to cut it off. And that's a part, that's all a part of it. But even if that happens, Rainbow, it's critical to understand that you need to celebrate yourself. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to celebrate yourself? Because you did what you came to do. You came with the heart to make it right right? You came with the heart to give your pain a voice. You walked through the steps. You showed respect. You didn't flip out. They flipped out. You better go and get your nails done. Go go do something nice for yourself. Get you some ice cream and celebrate yourself. Oh, ice cream. Okay, for me. Ice cream, okay? No, no, no. I'm so you just said ice cream. I'm like, maybe I'm gonna give me some ice cream after we get off this. And it's just some people you love them from across the street. And that's mm-hmm. what I had to learn. There are some people in my family that when I wrote the book, I knew that I was making a choice to either free myself, save myself, because mm. I was going to kill myself. So mm. either I was going to save myself or I was going to be loyal to dysfunction. And I knew right. by making the choice that I was going to be losing people that mean so much to me. But I made the choice to free myself. So that don't mean I don't love them. That don't mean I love them any less. No, it just means I love them from across the street. That's that just it. means I love me more. Uh, yeah. I love me more. Absolutely. And as, you, as you get older, you realize things like with my family is huge. My family is humongous. I grew up with three sides of family because I have my mother's side, my father's side, but then my mom was married to my dad. Like I like, you know, he's been in my life since I was one. So I don't call him stepdad or anything like that. So I grew up with three sides of family. So and with three sides of family, there are things that are just bound to happen. And my family mm-hmm. is the love. However, I rem- I'm the tallest one in my family. I'm the tallest kid there that been, I was the tallest from young. I have the biggest feet. I wear size 10. So I've been a size 10 since I was 12 years old. Wow. So I keep telling my aunt that um, I said, you know, when I was younger, like there were comments that were made that made me feel very like insecure about my height and my feet and and it's so weird because my family you cannot tell them that i am not the god's gift to the planet you hear me they be like oh my god you look so pretty you got these beautiful legs these beautiful things but i swear when i was younger that's not what the conversation was little little things they would say and so when i had told my aunt she was like I am just so sorry to to hear that, even though she wasn't the one who said it, but there were comments that were made. Yeah. And I remember like the shock that registered across her face. And I'm like, as loving as this family is, you guys did that to me though. Yeah. Almost gave me an insecurity about the fact that I was taller than everybody because I'm taller than everybody, girl. Taller than <laughs> you see my cousins, a picture I took with my cousins, they look like this. Like, 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 okay, she's like, it's like this. They feet like this, my feet like that. Like, <laughs> and my cousins love me. And you know, my family is so full of love. It's just, it's just those things that you don't realize yeah. that you say. You know, when it comes down to like family relationships, and I always, yeah. I always try to be mindful of how I'm done with my kids. You know, I got two boys, so instead of me getting mad with them and saying stuff that just you shouldn't say to a kid, I'm very mindful, but my kids are teenagers, so they will respectfully tell me if something they don't like. They be like, mom, 
Can I, can I talk to you for a second? Like, yeah. Mom, are you approachable? You ever seen that that that, that TikTok? Yeah. Mom, are you approachable? Before <laughs> for a meeting and a heartbeat, because yeah. you know I did I did tell them that you know I my kids are human beings. They have an opinion and they are very right. respectful. Mm-hmm. If you Absolutely. ever see my kids meet them, you'll know they're very respectful kids, well mannered. So I appreciate them telling me things that hurt their feelings. I don't want you to ever go through life feeling like you can't tell us. What is hurting you? You know, because they are humans. And just growing up, we were not allowed that liberties as young children. So it's a lot of things that happen. Because you're a child. Because that's how they get, oh, that right. you're a child. You'll get over it. a lot of things that but That's stuff that traumatizes you. Right. You know, so like them calling me doofy, okay? But now Girl, I've been called string bean and skinny in my entire life. And I, I my father's big forehead and shoulders. Um, I, what's her name? Um... Uh, Popeye's girlfriend, uh, olive oil, olive oil, and yeah, it was called her. It was a hot mess, but yeah. you know, and, and the way that they said it wasn't, it wasn't around anyone else besides family, you know, like, oh, Fatima, just get to the back. And you know, my family called me Fatima, or they call me TT. So it's like, Fatima, get to the back because you come on, you told everybody, get to the back. Like, it was always get to the back. Oh, if you got to go buy shoes, Fatima can't fit those shoes. <laughs> like, wait, get my shoes out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but yeah. I, I did say something to them because then it made me realize that they honestly just did not know. Right. And a lot of times that's what it can be. It's just mm-hmm. you have to have those conversations. Now, every time, everything don't don't need a conversation. Like, right. really, you know, some things you just need to journal it out, become aware of where the insecurity is at came from and then be aware of it when you get triggered so that you can say okay he looked at my feet but he like they he was he was liking the shoes it wasn't because i had big feet you know what i mean like talk yourself off the ledge right um precious out she's tall so if she had small feet she would look crazy anyway so when right. you see her her feet don't look big anyway right. so, like, oh, at this point in time i don't think anyone's thinks that, but I can no, see it as a 12 year old, somebody would say it, a 10, yeah, a 12, my feet been a 10 since I was 12. Like imagine that, and I didn't know they were big until everybody kept saying they were big. I just yeah. felt like, you know, these are my shoes. Like, you know, whatever. Maybe I'm like, <laughs> looking like Ronald McDonald. I don't know. <laughs> Girl, you just got me thinking about my son. Cause he had like a, a 12, 13 and he's 14. And I'm just like, did I say anything to give him, make him- You better not. My, my son is 16. My son is six feet one. My oldest son is six. He's six one. He's taller than me. Um, and his feet is a 12 girl. Yeah. Just be like, oh my feet. When I have to pay for them, yeah, I do say some stuff because I'm just like, do you understand how much money? <laughs> oh my god, it's crazy. Yes, it's it's hard, but I know I know what it made me feel like, so I never say nothing to him. But yeah, boy, he don't care anyway. I, I would yeah. think they like big feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would really care. But my 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 fourteen year olds are seven, so from a seven and a sixteen year olds are twelve. <laughs> like I don't even. What's happening? Are y'all, are y'all, are y'all yeah. related? Like, I don't know, but you know, it's, it's so weird. And, you know, he's just so big. So even like when I'm, when I'm talking to him, I don't say stuff like, you know, like you so big or whatever. I just say, oh, my baby. Like, you know, I just, I always do that, but he is big. Like, you're so grand. <laughs> oh, I can use that. That's how he'll probably be like, yeah, mom, right. he look at you like, what are you saying to me? He'll be like, mom, what you talking about? <laughs> 
that's that's good though that you you are aware of how it impacted you which is the whole point about legacy right you're aware of how some things impacted you whether it was intentionally or unintentionally how it impacted you and you're just you don't want to pass that on to your children those generational curses those generational insecurities or generational behaviors and habits you're trying to not pass that on to your children and the more that you are aware of that the more free they're going to feel you know, in a crazy world like this, the more free they are going to feel. And that is just, I mean, that's a beautiful thing when you think about it, that they're going to feel freedom that you didn't feel when you were growing up. And no. so and you have broke a chain. And, and that is just, that that's a blessing. I, I just view Let that as a being breaker of chains, precious. Breaker, girl, okay. I was I was held in bondage to these to these big feet now. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Let me tell you, them things is pretty and guys like them, even though I ain't looking for nobody. They be like, you got some pretty feet. I think I know. <laughs> I am not worried now. Like, I would, mm-mm. what size you at? A 10? Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, I've never, I've not, well, no, when I was younger, I felt like my feet were big too because I'm only like 5'5 five five and I was, I feel like my feet shrunk since I got older or maybe i just was wearing two bigger shoes i don't know but i swore that i wore like a seven and a half in boys so that's like a nine in girls because i'm like there's no way because i wear seven in women's now like how did i go from that to that but whatever when i was younger everybody used to say oh you got big feet your feet ugly you can't tell me nothing about these feet now girl look at here i'm like i got burns i ain't hearing I got burns on my feet. I told my husband, I was like, I was trying to think about having a tattoo. And then I said, well, I mean, it's not even a look right. Like, like I'm not even gonna shave. Like nobody can see me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna shave. <laughs> it's just, I mean, but that's what I say about me. Like I can only say that, you know what I mean? Can nobody that's else? Right. You say, <laughs> somebody else say, I got you. Right, you know. The Lord said, yes. But you just learn to live with your things. You learn to embrace the entire you, the good, the bad, the awkward, the, you know, the the ugly, because there's ugly. There's some ugly. With the ugly, I say, take it to God. And when he shows you, you don't turn away. Amen. Um, You know, face it head on. Um, You know, really quickly, the three things that I try to lead people with, um, if there was anything they can do to get to their to start their healing process, it's a step by step approach. It don't happen overnight. You got to put in the work. But number one, you have to have a safe place like you got to have your circle. You got to have your people who, you know, you can be very vulnerable with. And they're not going to judge you. They're not going to be calling such and such. Talking about, oh, look what they told me. No, they're, they're not the people. I don't care if that you club with them. They're not the people. Mm-hmm. On your circle where it's a safe place to fall. And that's what I call it, a safe place to fall. Um, but then after, because they're going to carry you. They're going to carry you through your journey, right? They're, they're your accountability partner. Those are the people you can vent to when you slip and fall and you do that thing that you say you wasn't going to do anymore. Um, but beyond that, you have to deal with the fact that the self-sabotage, the self-victimization, even though you were a victim, even yeah. though some horrible things happened to you, even though that you can still remember the events. And to me, you should. Don't pretend like it didn't happen. It did happen. Amen. Mm-hmm. A decision that it's not going to ruin my life. It's not going to take over my entire life. And I'm not going to try to do anything with my life because people said that I wasn't going to be nothing. So I'm just not going to be nothing. No, that's self-victimization. And you're not going to get anywhere with no type of healing if you live in that space. And then lastly, just understanding that you have to face the hard truths of your life. 
when you begin to get that tap on your shoulder that this ain't right, that this trigger happens too often, like now people don't even want to get around you. Like they don't even know what to say to you. Like you thinking shade coming because you really been tripping. You need to look at that. Don't look at them. You need to look at you and say, mm -hmm. I have some situations. I have some mess and look at it, face it head on and start peeling a back, peeling away the layers. I say like an onion, peel back the layers on it because there may be some tears, Rainbow. There may be some tears, but that's There's okay. always going to be tears with me. <laughs> But that's okay. The point is that you get down to the core to see what is this really about so that you can address it. And then when you're in that same type of atmosphere or environment where somebody's trying to pick at you, you know what your trigger is. You know why you have that trigger. And now you're able to safeguard yourself. You're able to make wise decisions like maybe I should leave mm -hmm. or, or it's not worth my time to have that conversation or I'm going to go home and journal all of this, whatever. Or I got to call my accountability partner, whatever you got to do. But the point is that you're making better decisions. And that's all we need to be doing is working our butts off to be not just done on the outside, not just taking care of the outside, mm -hmm. but taking care of the inside. That is more precious than any workout routine or any outfit. It's our soul. And, and doing those three things will at least help somebody to get on that path of just really doing a self-assessment um, on themselves. I call it self-investment um, to look at the things that they need to change in their lives. Um, get up the courage, put on your big girl panties on or your drawers on <laughs> and do the work, you know, and, and do one thing at a time. Oh, well, Fatima, thank you. Know what? you for yeah, right. This was a great conversation. Yes. If you feel like a homegirl, like, you know, you feel very enlightened and, and relatable and relatable and everything. This was an easy conversation. I'm yes. so glad that. I was here to do this interview because I'm normally on Monday um, show, but I was asked to be up here today. And I really like you are such great energies. Can I get an autograph book or um, an autograph copy? Yes. What will you do? You go ahead and respond to the like email me. Okay. Email me your information. And of course, that would be your address. Email me your information. And I would definitely, I would love to send you guys. Uh, autograph copy. I would love to do that. All day to that too. If you can get his information, add him too. I would love to do that for you guys. All right, we need we need um three for Queens of NYC because we need okay. one for MV two, and then we're gonna get one for Don. Okay, so I don't know who they is, but send the information, yes. and I will. Let you <laughs> well, you know Don is Don set up the um this whole thing for you. Oh, I thought it was Dave. It's Don. 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 Oh, wait, because that's what he get. He should have been here. I wouldn't have been messing up his name. Okay, his follower. That's all right. <laughs> yes, definitely. So we yeah, we definitely gonna need four. Yeah. We'll email you yeah. after this show. Yeah. Thank you so much. So again, tell us one more time where we could get we put you um we put your um webinar. Yeah, but let let us know again. Let them know yeah. again. Yeah, so my my website is FatimaC.com. Mm -hmm. Right there, you can find all my information on my virtual event. You can get my book. The book is The Prescription is in the Dirt. If you don't want to go to my website, you like, I don't know her like that. You know Amazon. You can go to Amazon and you can get a Kindle version, the digital version that you can put on your cell phone and all that stuff. Or you can get a paperback. So please support. Um, you know, I'm just out here trying to to do what I believe um, God has assigned me to do, um, to pay it forward in some way. And um, if you think I'm good people, please support me. <laughs> Y'all know she good people. Y'all better support. Don't play. That's <laughs> right. We only have good people up here. 
support the queens. We support queens. Absolutely. Amen. We say, Look, we got to jump at them. I want to just say thank you for everybody tuning in. I want to thank Fatima for being here. I want to thank Precious for helping a sister out. Because I don't know, look, I may not have been able to carry this by myself now. Fatima was just rolling, and you were what you absolutely was. She absolutely was. Fatima was good. She knows Fatima know how to. I think that's so weird saying that. Fatima knows how to make sure you know who she is. Thank you, girl. It's a Fatima thing. I got to. It is a Fatima thing, girl. You best to come on, brushes. (laughs) Hello. You going to know us. (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys. You guys are my family now. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you ever need me on again or you're bored and don't need somebody to talk to and you know that you need somebody that's going to be gabbing, I'm your girl. <laughs> I'm going to hit you up, girl. We got some things we can do. <laughs> yes, please do. All right, well, it was such a good pleasure, good. ladies. Thank you. Thanks so much. You guys have a great weekend. Thank you. you, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Rainbow. Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Oh, Fatima was so sweet. I want to order the book. Yes. All right, I'm gonna send her email. Um, we're still live. Rel. Oh, we're what still are we doing? My nephew told me I'm a king and a crown fitted. You can catch me in a thousand dollar outfit. I'm so marked with the rank, got him stepping in.